If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Have you ever made just a brutal copy and paste error? I mean, we all have, right? I, I have really embarrassed myself. You know when it really gets bad is when I'm using it to like send off a couple of similar text messages to different people. <laughs> like as a producer of a show, you know, you try to coordinate your guests in advance, but you can kind of get away with the same basic template of a message as you, you know, try to schedule out your week. And sometimes it's happened to me where I've forgotten to replace the name from the original Right, copy. you send the text to Josh Joey that you were supposed <laughs> to send to Mark Abali. I've done that all the time, too. I know. It's very embarrassing. But is it as embarrassing if you're a billion-dollar organization and you mess <laughs> up your order of the quarterbacks on your first depth chart before Cincinnati Week 1? I would say no, <laughs> but that's just me. I don't own a billion-dollar f- sports franchise. So the stakes for me when my copy and paste mistakes are made aren't nearly as high. So I'm going to put my tinfoil cap on for just a bit here to start things off here on the Steelers Standard. And I don't think it was a copy and paste there. I mean, I just, I, you know, we joked around there at the beginning, but I I get, I I don't think that a billion dollar organization would make such an error like that and let it sit out there for, what was it, 19, 20 hours before they finally addressed it? Uh, That just doesn't happen, you know. uh, an organization does an error like that and someone notices it, it's fixed almost immediately or at least taken down immediately until it can be fixed. So I don't know what happened there. I really would love to get some truth serum into Coach Tomlin's bloodstream and and really know what went into that flip-flop from one night to the next. Uh, maybe it really was just a clerical error and I'm giving the organization too much credit to not believe that it is something as simple as that. But I don't know, maybe... One of those things where, you know, Coach Tomlin went to bed one night and had a gut feeling about Kenny and decided to go with it the next day. Or I, I don't know. It's honestly a very baffling move to have that first depth chart released with Mason at two and then to 16, 17 hours later flip it around and say, JK, it's Kenny. You know what I would find it, how I would find it more believable is if that weren't the only mistake. Right. If right. if if you're if you have a couple of guys in the secondary or maybe some got some guys in the offensive line where you said, oh, that wasn't right either, and you made the correction that next day or or, or yesterday when they re-released the depth chart, I'd say, okay, well, there was clearly maybe a draft of the depth chart, and they sent out the early version, not the final version. But given that there was only one mistake. And that one mistake came at the biggest position, the one position where everybody has been talking about since, what, 
April or late March, whenever Mitch Trubisky was signed to I Pittsburgh. I think early January when uh, Ben when Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger played his last game. Field, yeah. So you can't. I, I I don't want to disparage the Steelers here because it's such a respectable logo. It's, it's such a respectable organization, but I feel like they're kind of maybe thinking less of us to think like to think that we would believe <laughs> that, right? No, I don't think it's anything like that. I, I, really, I guess I, I guess really, they just had to decide on what can we say here, and we're we're just going to stick to it, right? Yeah, I guess it's easier to say that than be like, you know what? I had a change of thought. I decided at the last minute that I don't want to have Mason. I saw Mason as the number two in print for a few hours, and then it just didn't sit with me well, and I decided to make the move that my gut was telling me to move, make. And maybe you know that's too brutally honest, or I, I don't know what it was. But you're right about the point that there were no other of these heirs because there was more movement on the depth chart, especially. At the running back position, mm-hmm. Jalen Warren from the initial one with had Mason at the two, had Jalen Warren at the two as well, and that obviously carried over into the official one that was released uh, prior to Tomlin's press conference, having Kenny corrected as the legit number two quarterback. I mean, Jalen Warren was on both of those as that number two running back, which again, a little bit of a surprise. You know, the depth chart after the end of the preseason still had Benny Snell sitting at that number two spot. They must have liked what they seen out of Warren in that two-week buildup uh, until Cincinnati on Sunday. I know you and I did. Everybody did. Yeah, right. They all, everybody that you talk to says that this kid had more juice than Benny Snell, and that translated to what happened on the depth chart. And then, you know, you look at the middle linebacker spots. If copy and paste there happened there, you'd have two guys starting at one of your inside linebacker spots with Bush slash Belaine, because it's been like that for the past Mm -hmm. three months, it seems. And same with the offensive line with those battles. So just, you know, not to stick with the too long tinfoil hat conspiracy. I don't know if we got the God's honest truth there with what happened with the depth chart, but we did get the God's honest depth chart. And I am interested to see that Kenny is stadium ready. They deem him ready to be the guy. If Mitch goes down against Cincinnati, come in, finish out a game. If you're winning, try to lead a comeback. If you're from behind, uh, really manage an NFL game, getting thrown in cold, not expecting to play. That's a huge leap of faith, I think, and a huge step in his development in their eyes that they did this week one. Yeah, I, I think a lot of Steelers fans were upset for that 24-hour period when the first death chart was released until the edited one was re-released, saying, I don't get it, you know, you, you go out and you draft Mason, you go out and you draft Kenny Pickett, he has this great preseason, he's shining, he's showing growth, how do you put him at third, and now all of a sudden, 24 hours later, you actually do put him at number two, I think that's just a lot of confidence in Kenny Pickett, and it's kind of just been the writing on the wall, right? A lot of people were saying the biggest secret in Pittsburgh has been released. Mitch Trubisky will be QB1. Oh, I know. It's ridiculous. Well, the second biggest secret, maybe not nearly, certainly not as obvious as the first one, but Kenny Pickett being QB2 should really come as no surprise. I think it was a surprise when he was initially listed as QB3, but now that the ties have settled and everything is clear now, it's it's plain that this was what people expected to see and and what is now reality. So I think people are are able to kind of calm down a bit. Well, people are calming down, but people are idiots, I'll be frank. And I <laughs> yeah. really wanted to see Mason be in this spot. And I think that Mason in this spot probably would have been the best decision for week one against Cincinnati. You know, it's not about 
you know, the future. It's not about who's a better quarterback overall, who has a higher ceiling. I don't even think it's really about who's a better quarterback overall right now, mm-hmm. as far as the two are, are head to head are concerned. Cause it, it might be Kenny, you know, if we go out to the schoolyard and are just drafting players, probably pick Kenny before Mason just to win a game like that. But as far as, you know, stepping into Paycor stadium and that beast of a crowd in Cincinnati, that's going to be fired up, raising an AFC championship banner. First time they've done that since the eighties. Super Bowl aspirations this year and for many years to come with a great team loaded offense. That's a really tough environment to step into, especially cold. You know, obviously you go through your progressions and warmups and you always have to stay ready as a backup. Kenny hasn't had to play that backup role in ever. I mean, he came into pit and pretty much as the end of his freshman year was starting games. He beat number two Miami. And then he was basically a five-year starter from that point on. I'm sure he started almost every game in high school. He's never had to be in that backup role, whereas Mason's lived there for four years mm-hmm. and lived there in the NFL and lived there in Matt Canada's offense for the past year. So I just think for this one game, you want to get out of Tomlin always loves to say what? Let's get out of the stadium alive. It's a war. we got to get out of the stadium alive. I think Mason would have given you the best chance to get out of the stadium alive. And furthermore, I think if Mitch goes down, I don't think you're getting out of the stadium alive no matter who is going to step in, Kenny or Mason. And you would probably rather the guy who's been your backup for the last four to five years be the guy to be the relief guy in case Mitch goes down rather than throwing Kenny into the fire in week one. It should be like riding a bike if you're Mason, Mm -hmm. if that happens. Oh, been here, done that. I know how to do this. I know how to finish a game off. I did this in the, the shadow of a Hall of Famer Big Ben once before. I can definitely do it to Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I think it's twofold. One, that you trust Mason to come in as a reliever because he's done it before. But two, it's do you really want to risk Kenny Pickett in week one in relief? And as you said, Tom, I think the the best point you've made so far is the fact that if you have if you have no, if you have Kenny or or Mitch or Mason coming in, it's most likely the game is lost. Right. So what is the point of throwing Kenny out there to risk him being injured in a losing effort? Yeah, and I I did wonder if the slow progression having him at number three, and I would think what was going to play out to be him at number three at this point in the season as well, of course that didn't work out that way. I really thought it might have had something to do with the offensive line, and maybe in the back of the coaching staff's mind they were like, hey, let's keep Kenny a little bit protected, let's have practice reps, let's control his reps, not give him many live action because this line might get a lot of quarterbacks hurt this year. Clearly, that's not the case. I think they actually went the other way. I think they still maybe factored the offensive line into their decision, but they said, Mitch, very mobile. I think the one thing he showed everybody more so than the rest of his skill sets during the preseason was how mobile he is and how aware he can be in that pocket. So they're like, he's good at moving a pocket. He's good at getting out of trouble if the offensive line's pass protection is terrible, which Cincinnati can get after the quarterback, especially Troy Hendrickson. It it could be a long day for them. And then if he gets hurt, you move to Kenny Pickett, it's kind of the same style. He can move the pocket. He's very mobile. He's got a good pocket awareness about him. He's not afraid to use his legs to make a play if nothing's open and the pocket's collapsing. Yeah, he can get a little jumpy in the pocket because he's a rookie. Mitch can still do that too. But I think they want that trait more than any of the other traits when you're playing behind such a young, kind of inexperienced, rough-around-the-edges offensive line, especially when it comes to pass protection. And Mason, I know last year he had one of the longest runs of the season against Detroit, but he doesn't have that mobility or throw-on-the-run talent that you see Mitch and Kenny display. No, he doesn't, but that's not to any fault of his own. And 
when we were in the preseason and we saw the offensive line struggle, you and I said to each other when we were working the game, wow, look at Mitch. Wow, look at Kenny being mobile, being able to escape the pocket. And we were saying, it's cool to see because with Big Ben out there the last two years, especially him being at the tail end of his career, not being as mobile, it was really nice to see a guy kind of remind you of the early years of Big Ben being able to escape a pocket and be fast enough to do so, but it also crept up that, oh, they're doing this because of the offensive line and and how poor of a quality was playing during the preseason. Mason didn't put that on display as much, but like you said, I mean, I guess he has his moments, but you just feel a lot more comfortable with with a more mobile Kenny Pickett or... Mitch Trubisky, because they've they've shown you that they can do that more often than Mason can. I think the biggest thing that Kenny had to instill confidence in the coaches with him was he can check out of things at the offensive line, he can change protection, he can read protection, uh, and he can really master what all other 10 guys on the offense has to do on any given play, not just himself, you know. I don't think it was any doubt that he can play quarterback. I think, you know, again, using that schoolyard analogy, if you just roll the ball out and there's no scheme and there's no changing protection and audibles or hot routes or anything of that nature, Kenny might be the best of all three. But it's so much more than just playing football when you're a quarterback in the NFL. I mean, some of the greats can make it seem like that. Like Patrick Mahomes looks like he's not really trying out that. He knows everything a defense is going to do. He's a film. They all have to be film junkies. That's why everybody mm-hmm. was so, so shocked when they heard of Kyler Murray's habits this offseason because it's impossible to be an elite-level quarterback and not just be a total film nerd. And it's impressive to me that they are impressed enough to put him at number two on the depth chart because it tells me that they think he's up to speed as far as that aspect of the game is concerned. Maybe not starter level, but up to enough speed where, hey, that's a wonky spot for Hendrickson to be lining up right now. Maybe I should check my protection there, and you know what, Najee, I can't have you go out for a route here. You're going to stay in and be a sidecar. Like, If he has that understanding already, then I think they're, they're miles ahead. Not miles ahead, because he is a very experienced college quarterback, but they're steps ahead than where they probably thought they would be at this point. Yeah, I'd say steps ahead. Miles ahead, maybe getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. If he was miles ahead, he'd be starting. Right, right. I mean, would you would you really say that though? He'd be starting because I think that well, Mitch didn't do anything wrong, so it's hard to say. That's what I'm saying is that I think when we when we look at the depth chart, you 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 see guys uh, move up in the depth chart either because a they took advantage and they and they impressed, or b uh, the other guy ahead of them really disappointed uh the coaching staff or a combination of both and as much I think as much as good of Kenny that Kenny could have done in this preseason and during training camp as long as Mitch didn't really screw it up and to be fair Tom it did look early on that both guys Mitch and Kenny were very uncomfortable very not ready I agree but given time, I mean, it was the first week, really, where we were having that conversation. That was the big headline for the first week of training camp was the quarterbacks look very shaky. It does not look like a promising year for quarterback play for this team. But as time went on, as they got more time with the starters, when Deontay's contract hold out or hold in was finished and Mitch was able to throw him the ball, when George Pickens was developing right he he seemed to come in ready to play but obviously in time he continu- he continued to improve when you get that time with the starters you're going to you're going to improve yourself and with Mitch having the the most chances to do that he obviously improved 
I don't I would I wouldn't say the most, but he's still improved throughout. So I think with Kenny's preseason in mind, it wouldn't have mattered just because Mitch also was impressing the coaching staff enough to keep his spot at QB1. And like I said earlier, to the surprise of no one, uh, Mitch was named QB1 yesterday, officially after months and months and months of speculation and just assumptions. But here we are with it in plain writing. But getting back to your point about Kenny Pickett with his ball awareness or with his game IQ, yeah, I mean, that is something that you love to see in a young quarterback because a lot of the time that's something that is learned upon mm-hmm. years of experience. And so for Kenny to kind of show that early on, again, it's come in the preseason, so we don't really know how much of that can be translated to real regular season game uh, action. I wouldn't hate it if at some point we got to see that, given that we're not just yanking Mitch just to yank Mitch and put Kenny in there. I think if Mitch, you know, does enough, there's no reason to take him out. And right. and it, it's going to be hard to gauge when is the right time or or what is the right level of of success or or lack thereof, I guess, by Mitch to to kind of say, okay, we're going to try we're going to try Kenny now. No, and I think your point's well taken about, you know, it was in the preseason where he was, you know, passing these tests if you're Kenny. And you see a lot of vanilla defenses, so it's not mm-hmm. like you're really having to make that many complicated audibles or, or pass protection change-ups because it's, it's not anything that's schemed up specifically to fight you and the offense that they're going up against. It's more like, hey, just one-on-one, let's see if you can beat our guys. And if they had enough confidence based on what they've seen in practice and just that vanilla – um, defenses that he's been facing and what he's shown them in the film rooms, then uh, again, it's 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 encouraging to anybody. People are so impatient for this kid to start because he's the number one pick, the pick guy. He's the savior, the next the next one in the franchise. But every single step has been really encouraging so far, and they're still going the patient route. And I hope they continue the patient route. And I'll be honest with you, I'm really excited to see Mitch on Sunday. I, As am I. Yeah, I think that this offense has potential. And I think that potential could come crashing down brutally as early as Sunday, September 11th. But there is some excitement in my my body right now. Like, I get a little tingly when I think about seeing him play. It's just so different that we're opening up a Steelers season and for the first time since fourth or third grade for the hosts of this show. It's not number seven running out of the tunnel in a year where he's not injured to start the year or you know he's not coming back. Like, he's not there. It's Mitch Trubisky. He's the captain of this team. That's really exciting. The unknown is really exciting. And I think the weaponry around him and I think what he's shown and the fact that he's still young and has a lot of those talents that got him to be the number two pick uh, still prominently good in in his game, I'm really excited to see this guy play. I really am. If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. I am too, Tom. And to get a little uh, looking ahead here, right? Because the week one game is in Cincinnati, but looking to week two, you mentioned coming out of the tunnel. He'll be coming out of the tunnel in Cincinnati in week one, but in week two, he'll be coming out of the tunnel 
in Acershire Stadium in the North on the North Shore of Pittsburgh. And maybe with a loss under his belt or potentially as a hero with a big division win. Right. So. I think regardless, you know, everyone knows that either the offense gets introduced or the defense. I think regardless of the the outcome, the offense needs to be the one the, the ones to be introduced. I know it doesn't mean everything, but I think it would be a lot of help to Mitch, whether he loses, maybe especially if he loses, just to kind of hear a warm welcome for the first time. Yeah, I think it would instill a lot of inspiration in him and encouragement. I mean, I know, fan, I know it doesn't mean everything. I know, him. I know guys can find inspiration from wherever, but to actually hear the support of your, of your, of your new team, I think could help. It absolutely could help. And I hope that the citizens do that no matter what happens week one against the, the Bengals. I mean, win or lose. Uh, win, how could you be mad, obviously, but lose. I mean, you, you're losing against the defending AFC champs and a Super Bowl favorite. So I hope that they get behind Mitch. I, I hope that there's not booze the first, you know, three and out, or maybe there's a pattern that the timing wasn't exactly right and Mitch throws behind Chase Claypool and it should have mm-hmm. been an easy catch for a first down and instead we're punting. I hope that it doesn't get to the Boo Birds early. Yeah, my worry is that, especially since Kenny's in uniform. Okay, you know? well that's like if that's Kenny my wasn't point. In uniform, and then they'd be sitting in the stands going, "Well, we don't want to turn the keys over to Mitch." But the fact that number eight's down there on the sideline, helmet on, ready to go, that that adds to it. Well, what I was gonna say is, throughout the the two preseason games at home this year, we heard the crowds right oh. from from the booth. We oh, could hear yeah. from from back here in Bridgeville, we could hear the crowd screaming for Kenny. And that was a what? What would you say? Like a sixty percent filled Acershire Stadium. Yeah, imagine a, a packed. Game. Imagine a packed house. If if Mitch comes out flat against the Patriots at home, how loud that crowd could potentially get for Kenny Chance. Oh, it'd be deafening, and it would be the wrong thing to do. Of course. Yeah, I agree. They they need to support Mitch Trubisky. They, if you're a Steelers fan, why wouldn't you support the starting quarterback and hope that he does as best as he possibly can? And I think the leash, you know, as far as a potential transition of power from first, uh, from second string to first string for Kenny Pickett, I want that leash to be extra long. You know those old like leashes with dogs where you had like the button on them, yeah, and so you, you could, could let them go as the far leash. as they wanted. Sure. I'm I am pushing that button in and extending the leash as far as it possibly can go for Mitch Trubisky. You know, I want it to be almost catastrophic the fact that he is benched for Kenny Pickett. Yeah, that or injury, right? Which you would never hope on a player. You would never wish on a player on your team, especially or an, even a, an opposing player. But again, like I don't, I don't want to see Mitch fail. Like I, I'm not looking forward to saying, okay, Mitch is going to come out flat. Uh, the offense is going to look really lost with Mitch in charge, and it's going to take three games, maybe four games max. That I would, I would say at the, at the maximum, I would, I would allow for Mitch Trubisky to be out there before Kenny comes in. That's not, that's not at all what, what, you, what you should be hoping for as a Steelers fan. Not at all. You know, um, you should be hoping for Mitch to succeed because that translates to team success. Exactly. And and team success is the end goal here. So, and and by the way, as far as you know, oh well, I mean, if we do bad, we can get a better draft pick. I mean, you picked your quarterback of the future. I, I guess you could get a premier tackle. You could get somebody on the defensive end of the ball if you get a better draft pick, but kind of beyond the hoping to tank for the quarterback part of it now because you you've got your guy you got the number one quarterback in the draft class you should just hope to be as successful as you possibly can be as early as you possibly can be I thought we talked a little bit about some other you know moves that they made officially in that depth chart uh Jalen Warren getting the number two nod over Benny Snell is something that I'm also excited about I want to see this guy run in a game situation I don't think we'd see anything more than three or four carries against Cincinnati 
hopefully that hoping that Najee is is running well and staying healthy throughout the game. But I'm excited to see if he can be a nice little, you know, extra added juice to this offense and can give Najee a break when needed so he's as fresh as can be to ice a game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, Tom, this was, I mean, I know we just spent the first 20 or so minutes talking about the quarterbacks, but other than them and George Pickens, the next biggest story out of training camp was Jalen Warren. Absolutely. It, it wasn't the, it wasn't that, yes, Anthony Farland and Benny Snell both look good too. It was, wow, Jalen Warren is that good. This guy came in at, what, running back five and was floating around the the, the depths of the depth chart with guys like Master Teague and I'm already. I feel bad because training camp is now officially over. We don't have to remember all of these names of of ninety guys. But uh, I'm already forgetting those those guys that he was swimming around at the the bottom of the depth chart with. And we were saying as training camp progressed, saying this guy could maybe not just make the team, but get up to somewhere like RB three at some point. And here he is already before the season even starts. He's at RB two. So. I mean, we're we're all we're obviously excited for the quarterbacks. We're excited to see the first round or the second round pick George Pickens play. But Jalen Warren, Tom, I mean, coming in as a reliever, I think is is the key the key word here. Reliever is because Najee Harris is gonna be the 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 show stealer for the season at running back. But just at least having someone who is a different kind of chasing change of back running back in Jalen Warren. We've been so used to Benny Snell for the past couple of years. So hopeful that he could finally find that spark, and it just never happened. So to have a different guy line up as running as the RB two here is something that I think you and I and the rest of uh, Steelers Nation should be really excited to see. And I also don't think that rules out. You know, if it's a third down, Benny Snell might be out there in pass protection. He might be a little bit more up to speed in pass protection. Sure. So just because Snell's number three doesn't mean he might not see the field. He will especially see the field in special teams. That's pretty much his bread and butter when it comes to his NFL career. He's been great in special teams. Uh, But Jalen Warren will be the guy that gets the touches if there are touches to be gotten, not going to number 22's gut. Uh, Kevin Dotson won out the offensive line battle. I I think he is the better of the two between him and Green. My only worry with Dotson is really, well, I don't want to say only worry because that offensive line worries me more than any position group on this team. My biggest worry with Kevin Dotson is the health. I think he could still mature into one of the better of these starting five offensive linemen. It just has to be put together in a year where you're fully healthy because it it just hasn't happened yet. No, it hasn't. But, I mean, the fact that he's dealing with this injury and still listed as left guard number one should show you that this guy is – this guy did enough, and maybe it's a combination of that and Kendrick Green really just did not do anything. Yeah, I was going to say, anything. or it's either he did enough or Kendrick Green just did not do anything. Well, I think, Tom, if Kevin Dotson struggled, then they would have said, there's no reason for us to risk an injury to you by starting you, so we're just going to go with Kendrick, and if he keeps it, that's fine, and once you're fully healthy, we can get you back there. But it looks like that they're willing to run out there with a hobbled Kevin Dawson over a fully healthy Kendrick Green. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. And looking at the line, I think the right side has a, the, the most strength to it. Chooks, James Daniels, wouldn't hate to see maybe Gentry line up next to Chooks and let's run the ball to the right side early against Cincinnati and see if we can have some success there. Uh, 
the cornerback room shook out basically how you thought it was going to with Witherspoon and Sutton being named the starters. Mm-hmm. Levi Wallace is going to play a lot. They're going to have three of those guys on the field, Sutton bumping into the slot a lot. And uh, I, when they go with four cornerbacks, I would also expect to see Mollette out there a decent amount. He really showed flashes, and especially on early downs potentially in the run support. I think you'll see Mollette too. But inside linebacker, Devin Bush won the – position battle it was more just like a suck off kind of kind of who could suck less and Devin Bush clearly has more talent than Robert Spillane has a bigger ceiling still than Robert Spillane is probably better than Robert Spillane right now just head to head and I don't see any other option than just making him one of your starters and just hoping and praying he plays himself out of that funk he was in and kind of looks like he's still in in the preseason and just gives you adequate play. Don't even have to worry. I'm not even going to pin my hopes to him becoming a star anymore. I just want to see some adequate play for a full season. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with that too. Uh, I mean, given the capacity of which you would see him, the expectations can't be so high. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So uh, you you the thing the fact of the matter is, Tom, you don't want to see him at all, right? You you just don't yeah, want to see there was someone better. I do. Someone... You don't want to see Robert. You wish. I mean, it was a great move. I I love the move to bring in um, uh, Malik Reed for the outside linebacker depth. You wish there was a similar move at the inside linebacker yes. position before the season had started, right? Because you were, we were equally concerned for the depth guys behind the starters at both positions. I mean, honestly, we were we were concerned with the starter, one of the two starters at the inside linebacker position. I guess you could say two of the three because there. I know that hyphen is still gone, but that hyphen was there for the majority of training camp between Robert Spillane and, and Devin Bush. So they were basically two A two B for the Steelers behind Miles Jack. So I would say of the two out of the three guys that you're going to see for the majority of the time, you're not going to be comfortable with. So I yes, the Malik Reed signing makes so much sense, and you're happy about it because it it. It puts the third guy at that outside linebacker position as a much more reliable name compared to uh, Derek Tuska, who was originally there. So now that you have uh, Malik Reed there, you sh- you kind of are are not as worried. Maybe you could still be worried, considering if T.J. Watt goes down, that position becomes in- significantly less than. But here at the inside linebacker position, I mean, you don't want to really see Robert Spillane at all. But the reality is. We should expect to see him probably a lot. Oh, yeah, you're going to see Robert Spillane, especially on the early downs. You know, I think that's when you're definitely going to see him out there. Run support. It's really the only thing he does great in uh, the NFL is the run support. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to just be the Bush and Jack show. I, I think you no, will it's not. still see a lot of Spillane on the field. Steelers and Bengals Sunday at Paycor Stadium. We come back in our next episode. We're going to start dipping our toe into that Cincinnati water. But, hey, subscribe now to the Steelers Standard, guys. Come on. Every episode we do is available for you to download. Subscribe today through the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, Apple, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Subscribe. Give us a five-star review. Tell us how great we are. Tell us how dumb we are. I don't care. Just give us good reviews and subscribe. We really appreciate you guys and all the support you give us. Talking a lot of bangles on the next episode. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opferman, and this has been the Steelers Standard. 
If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join S&T Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. S&T Bank, member FDIC. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.